Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, this is Bitch Slap. I'm Rachel Fisher. I'm Desi Jenikin. And this is Melrose Place Season 2, Episode 24. Love Mancini style. Mm, love it. Love the title. Great episode. This is like, I've never seen something that was sort of so dark filmed as if it were a sitcom. It's like a screwball comedy. <laughs> it is a screwball comedy. <laughs> That is about murder, mm. and it's outrageous. This Melrose Place truly paved the the way for all of these crime comedy series. Yeah, I mean, he he's acting in a rom com or like a sitcom, a sitcom way. It's great. We open with a nightmare. Joe is having a nightmare about having a violent labor. She's screaming. She's screaming, and. Right as the baby starts crowning, <laughs> it's Reed. Reed pops up in between her legs. <laughs> he like comes out between the doctors, and he's just right between her legs, looking slimy as ever. He looks like he just crawled out of a bog. He hasn't washed his hair in months. No. <laughs> I think he's supposed to be like a zombie. Yeah, they definitely were going for something. It's like they didn't go far enough, though, because he just looks no. kind of grimy. He just looks greasy. <laughs> Even more than usual. Yes. Joe wakes up screaming. We see Matt in a panic at the hospital on the, or he's on the phone in his apartment with the hospital trying to find out where Dr. Mancini went. Right. Cause I think like we've seen this before where they have to like know where he is or whatever. Yeah. When the doctors are away and they're like in the mountains and he's freaking out. He's like, this is an emergency. And, just then, the funny thing is that Matt is so worried, but why didn't he say in that moment, Sydney, don't go? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he's like, this is an emergency. So I guess he gets the information about like the cabin that Michael said he's staying at. Yes. And it's a cute cabin. Jane stops by because she has a bunch of mail that is for Michael. And she's like, can you take this to the hospital? And... <laughs> Matt's like, well, it's going to have to wait because they've gone to the mountains. Yeah. And Jane's like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> they can kill each other up there for all I care. And Matt's like, Ooh. <gasps> At the cabin, Sydney's having the time of her life. She's picking wildflowers for Michael. She shoves this little bouquet of flowers in his face as he's asleep. Yeah. She's always waking him up. She's... So irritating in the morning. And she's like, he's like, hey, watch it, Sid. I got allergies. <laughs> he's wearing a wife beater. <laughs> yeah, she's like dressed very cabin chic. And yeah. he's in his wife beater. <laughs> he's Italian. He's like total Italian American chic right now. I'm he loving it. He looks hot, I have to he say. He looks really hot. I love this look. Um, I got to say, I... I do love this look. I, I was like, ooh, like we don't get to see his like muscles a lot on the yeah. show. That's yeah. like exclusively Jake Terrain and Billy. But uh, he's also got a nice little um, muscly arms. Mm -hmm. But it's like natural build or something. He's in shape. Yeah. He's in shape for sure. Um, and Sydney loves this place. And she's like, I think this honeymoon's going to be so good for us, Michael. Oh, yeah. She's in heaven. He's like, yeah. Real good. <laughs> I like as she leaves. And like his acting is so funny in this because he does a thing where he like 
looks side to side with like a real obvious way and pulls out a little vial. Well, first she says to him, she's like, I'm going to make you breakfast in bed. And so he's like, yeah, you go do that. And that's when he gets out of bed. (laughs) He's so scrubby. (laughs) Yeah, he gets out of bed and she's just in the other room. Yeah. And he pulls out his duffel bag and it's literally a bottle that says poison. Do not eat. It says danger if swallowed. (laughs) At first, before we get a close up on this bottle that he brought with him, it looked just like a bottle of medicine that he got. It's kind of like an insulin type looking. But then when they zoom in on it, it looks like this like prop, like from a play. No medicine would have that on it without the name as well, I think. Because it was literally just a prop label. It had like the skull and crossbones. Danger if swallowed. It's like, well, wouldn't we have more information about the medicine? <laughs> like you would have more labels. Is it a topical medication? Is, where, what is, where did he get this from? And how's it going to kill her? What is it? Oh, it would have made more sense if he had just stolen like some morphine or something she could OD right. on from the hospital. Um this is a bad plan. This, yeah. this is a really bad plan, but he's, he's, he's rolling with this. He's going with the poison. Look, the husband is always the first suspect, and in this case, it's definitely going to be the first suspect. <laughs> Can I just say that there have been multiple Dateline episodes about like this situation? Yeah, it's not, such a... And I'm not just saying the husband. I'm saying specifically the husband and wife are on a vacation together in a remote area. Yes. And the wife dies and the husband's always implicated for the murder. Right. And he does a few things which are common datelines. Like the wife off falls a off a cliff. <laughs> the wife gets poisoned. She falls off the cruise ship. Like it's all those kind of things. That's I swear there's at least two datelines where they're hiking and the wife falls off the cliff and Oh, easily. And the husband it's a, here's why it's such a stupid plan because even if Michael made it look like an accident, he would still be under investigation for her murder, and that would be even worse for his career than the whatever. Oh, totally. Like that. Like, how does he think this? He's not playing this out. No. Oh, he's just and uh, he's literally the number one suspect. Everyone knows he hates her. <laughs> like, yeah. Um. So at Melrose Place, Billy and Allison are by the pool and Jake strolls by and Billy's like, hey, Jake. And he's like, I just want to say this feud we're in, it's kind of childish. Yeah. Jake's like, not everybody needs a best friend, Billy. (laughs) Just because we live in this building doesn't mean we have to be friends. (laughs) It's like, no, you kind of have to. Um. And Allison's like, Billy, we have a wedding to plan. Who cares about your relationship with Jake? I don't get... If I was Allison, I would be like, grateful Billy wanted to stay out of it. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, Oh, for planning the wedding? Yes. Yeah, because he'd be like, let's do an old Hollywood game. (laughs) He would just have the most annoying ideas, I think. And I I would just be grateful. We'll have a whole buffet... Full of my favorite foods. Chicken parmesan, chicken fingers. Corned beef hash. Corned beef hash. <laughs> and my famous corned beef hash. <laughs> I, w- I make it myself at the wedding. Oh, And for, for the wedding cake, we can have, what was that cake, remember? The ladyfinger cake. <laughs> Cho- chocolate ladyfinger cake. Oh, by the way, so I Googled chocolate ladyfinger cake. And it does exist. Really? Well, I googled chocolate mousse ladyfinger cake. And there were recipes for chocolate mousse ladyfinger cake. for me, it's not that. It's the design. It was the design. Because I can picture ladyfingers as layers in a chocolate mousse cake. That's what it was. Yeah. It was the design because the ladyfingers were sticking out the top. And ladyfingers, you want soaking up something. Do you know what I mean? That's their purpose. All of these cakes... That I see that it's like layers of chocolate mousse with layers of ladyfingers, but none of them look like that chocolate cake where it was just like a 
like a really bad starburst pattern of lady fingers on top of the cake. Yes. Like naked lady fingers. I can totally picture chocolate mousse with lady fingers. No, like I'll, a tiramisu type dish. Like, like where you're tiramisu. layering it. I'm kind of hungry for this right now. It does sound good. To be honest. <laughs> the cake looked gross that Billy got Allison. Or oh, Allison that, got Billy. That cake was repulsive. So Allison talks to Joe. They actually have a photo shoot today. So I guess Joe is working for D&D right now. And she looks like shit. And Allison's concerned. And she still doesn't know yeah. that Joe's pregnant. Weren't, aren't they best friends in the complex? This is so surprising. Mm. At the mountain office, it's like... (laughs) Dreamy Pines is the name of the hotel or cabin place. Yeah, it's like a collection of cabins at this little mountain inn resort place called Dreamy Pines. The the front desk guy answers the phone. He's like, hello. He's a total hick. He's (laughs) (laughs) He's like, hello. And... It's Matt on the other line. He's like, oh my God, thank God you picked up. <laughs> he's like, he's like, uh, I, <laughs> I need to know where Dr. Michael Mancini and his wife are. And then he's like, they're on a hike. They're on a hike. They'll be- Anything else I can do for you? She's <laughs> like, why'd they make this guy such a hick? <laughs> <laughs> and Matt's like, I'll call you back. And then Matt starts coughing. And he tells his coworker Angela, he's like, I gotta leave Angela. I'm really sick. <laughs> <laughs> he's like doing it a little too much. It's a little too much. It's like very Ferris Bueller. Um, meanwhile, on the hike, Sydney has found a swimming hole with brown water. And she's skinny dipping in it. She's skinny dipping. It is this water <laughs> is disgusting. It doesn't even really look like a swimming hole. It's like a puddle. <laughs> That's deep enough to go. It's like not that big. No, it's very small. And she's like, Michael, why don't you come join me? Like she's trying to make this look romantic. And, I couldn't and believe hot. he went in it. <laughs> I really couldn't. Because I would have been like, no, thanks. <laughs> yeah, he's a doctor. Shouldn't he be concerned? Like, mm. no, Sid, there's bacteria in I want there. A bacteria going up my dick hole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna catch a parasite on my dick. He strips though. And he gets in the water with her, and they're splashing around. And then he dunks her, and he real he has this like light bulb go off. He's like, "I should just drown her right here. I could drown her right here. It wouldn't look suspicious at all." He's holding her underwater for what looks like a little too long. Where you'd be like, "Hey, what's the big idea?" <laughs> yeah, and he only stops because a couple walks past, like going on their hike. But she's not even upset. She's like, huh, hey. I would have been like, what the fuck were you doing? No, she just pops up like it was a big practical joke. And then she tells Michael, she's like, you know, Michael, I haven't, you haven't said I love you once, but I have faith in you. You're going to love me. Wow. <laughs> Jennifer, as Jennifer Holliday once said, <laughs> you're going to love me. Love me. <laughs> this woman has zero self esteem. No. Um, I guess we can take a break here. Mm. Mm. An early break. Is that okay with you? Perfectly fine. We'll be right back. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
Well, we're at a police auction for Reed's boat, the pretty lady, mm. which begs the question, did he just steal this? Like, what? How, how did he acquire this boat? Yeah. It must have been stolen because remember there was like the um, the owner. VIN number was scratched off or something. Yeah, because there was like the fake owner. He's like, yeah, the owner of yeah. the boat. We never met the owner because he was fake. Anyway, but the weird thing is, why didn't he just say this was this is my boat? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because no one would have checked. <laughs> I guess he thought that would be too suspicious because he had just gotten out of jail. Maybe. Anyway, Jake is at this police auction. What is he doing? What are you doing there, Jake? First of all, we know you can't afford this boat. Second, stay out of this. Yeah. So this boat gets sold for $90,000, and Jake accosts the guy <laughs> who bought the boat Like afterwards. He's like, hey, hey, man, hey. Would you, what are you planning on doing with this boat? And the guy's <laughs> like, well, I'm going to sell a strip of a pot. Sell the pots. You buy something for $90,000 to strip for parts. It just seems excessive. Yeah, it seems pretty... Also, it's not a... It's a nice boat. Like, it's not a junker. There's nothing wrong with it. And so Jake's like, well, I have a business proposition for you. Let's let's go have a cup of coffee. Little Jake. He just wants to be a businessman so bad. It's cute. (laughs) (laughs) At the photo shoot... Joe is shooting a trio of guys wearing tuxes. What is this photo <laughs> is shoot this for? for? <laughs> Why? And it's like everything she does, all three people are so crammed together on, on this little backdrop. What is this for? I have what no idea. What are they idea. selling? Because there's no product there. Is it for tuxedos? <laughs> well, the guys who are the models, they don't even look like models. They're hideous. They're so ugly. They're literally like, they look like people playing like Mario and Luigi. <laughs> like they're so hideous. They look like Italian waiters. They're like character actors. They just yeah, it looks like <laughs> they're not mo- they're Everyone Joe like- usually shoots is like pretty hot, like typically like whatever California model. <laughs> I'm trying to find a picture I took of these guys. Oh, no, they're like extras in the fucking Goodfellas. <laughs> Wait something. a minute. Okay, here they are. That's right. They all have mullets. They're hideous. Except for the guy in the middle. He doesn't have a mullet. But none of these guys are models. <laughs> I just don't know what this ad is for. What are they selling? It must be a tuxedo. That's the only thing I can think of. Like a tuxedo men's warehouse. <laughs> but uh, why wouldn't you hire real models? But she's like, great job, guys. Selling it. Attitude. Sexy. <laughs> um. Just then, while she's shooting these guys, she has another vision of zombie Reed. Reed appears in the picture. Look, I have PTSD, or I've suffered from it. I get that it's very stressful, but the way that it's sometimes illustrated in TV shows is so irritating and bad. Like, that's her PTSD uh, symptom. Reed, zombie Reed shows up. Like, isn't there a better a way of illustrating it in a more serious way? Like just having a good old fashioned panic attack or something. They, <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, they did a better do- job of illustrating PTSD with Allison when she was having Keith flashbacks. Like that was at least more accurate than this. Yes. Joe, you're hallucinating. You need to go see a doctor. Right. Or something happens like with Allison that triggers what happened to you with Keith or whoever. Like, Well, it wouldn't be abnormal for Joe to have a random panic attack in the middle of this photo shoot. That wouldn't have been weird. But it's the fact that she's literally seeing Reed and talking yes. to him. It's that it illustrates itself in this way. It's just funny to me. Yeah. Like, it's just it's, like whatever. It's not the randomness of it. It's the fact that it's happening in the form of like she she's sees him or or like a really realistic thing would be like, I don't know what's happening. And everyone around you is like, you're having a panic attack. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's how it was for me when it first happened. I was like, what's going on? Like they should have had Joe, um, you know, Jake drive Joe to the, to the hospital because she thought she was having a heart attack. Yes, but or she couldn't breathe. <laughs> but she was having a panic attack. Yes, yes. That's good PTSD representation. Absolutely. Anyway, 
Joe sees zombie Reed pop up and he's like, hi, Joe. Hey. <laughs> he's like extra creepy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. Having and, a good photo shoot. <laughs> and she runs away into another room and Allison's like, Joe, what's going on? And this is when she tells Allison that she's pregnant with Reed's child. Allison is who she should tell first. That's her close girlfriend. Before Jake. Before anyone. I mean, I guess Jake happened accidentally. Right. But why hadn't she already told Allison? Even just to tell Allison, fuck, now Amanda knows this. I'd be like, that's so weird that you told me after Amanda. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I, I would be hurt. I kind of would too. Like, like if you were in this situation and you told someone who we both mutually despised first. I, for, <laughs> here's the way you get around that though. Once you tell Amanda, you immediately tell Al- Allison. Yes, that's what I mean. And you say, I had to tell Amanda it happened. I I wasn't planning it, right? But I wanted you to know too. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, she still hadn't told her. No, she just tells her casually at the photo shoot. She's like, "Yeah, I'm pregnant with Reed's child," and Allison is shocked. She is very shocked, and but she's sympathetic, and she tells her, "Well, I went through a similar thing with Keith's suicide." I like everyone's like, but also my trauma. <laughs> Poor Joe can't have her moment. At least (laughs) Allison's trauma is more closely related to Joe's than Amanda's. Totally. With Billy. Like, that's a different... That's a sad situation she went through, but is a different... Like, this is, like, trauma. This is very traumatic. It has to do with, like, a violent man. And a violent crime. A violent... Or act, violent act. Like, Joe killed him. It's... That's hard, even if it was justified. Yes. And Allison witnessed Keith's suicide after he had been stalking her for months. Right. She was on the phone. And beat Billy with a tire iron. <laughs> well, that part was... <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy. Um, back at Melrose, Amanda thinks Jake is out of his mind for getting involved with Reed's boat. And I agree. The, Amanda was... Compl- Amanda... Was completely right in this scene. Like, she was so in the right here with everything she said to Jake. I think so, but it was a little mean when she's like, go get a job. <laughs> that was mean, but she was, com- she read him for filth. She says, oh, oh, no, 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 that's not you, Jake. You're your own man. <laughs> You can't just get a normal job. Like, I'm sorry, but she did read him. She read him, but. She also is above it all. Mm. Like, I know she works at D&D, but she's not, like, going to go get a job waiting tables no, if that's, things fell apart. That's beneath her. It is funny, though, that she brought up how prideful Jake is. Yes. <laughs> and but But she is in the right to be, like, are you nuts? Like, why are you, like, have you even told Joe about this? How do you think Joe's going to feel? That's the thing, I think. That's, that, yeah. that's That would have been the line I would have gone down. Like, I appreciate your entrepreneurial spirit, but why would you keep that boat in Joe's vicinity, right? Like, it is so outrageous and so over the line that he does this. That's where Reed died. <laughs> <laughs> like, she, Joe was kidnapped and put in the the whole of that boat. <laughs> yeah. Killed someone on that boat and you're going to get it for a discount. He's going to make it a party boat. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> completely it's, inappropriate. It, I'm sorry. And, and Amanda does use that phrase. She's like, this is really inappropriate. And she's right. It is. Yeah, so, she is. This, I think this might be the most outrageous thing Jake has done yet. It's definitely like boneheaded. <laughs> it's, Do you know what I mean? It's inconsiderate at best. Yeah, I mean, poor Jake. I do want him to have a successful business, we, but I just do not too, like this. But look, he's going to buy shooters soon. <laughs> look, it's going to happen, Jake. Just hold off. I love the Jake shooters era. Ugh, it's the perfect business for it's him. It's so perfect for him. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I like when he says, I got ambitions. <laughs> Yeah, he says, I get it. I got ambitions. He's like, I'm not a grease monkey or a gold digger. I'm going to make something in my life. I like what the dad said to him really stuck, right? Yeah. (laughs) Grease monkey. No, I think Amanda said that to him. 
I think the dad, I think dad said it to Amanda. Yeah. So Amanda repeated what the dad called him. Yes. And so Joe runs into Amanda just as Jake storms off. And Amanda's like, I got to tell Joe. She's like, you know, (laughs) you know, Jake just bought the boat that you murdered Reed on. Right. Amanda cannot keep tea. She's got to spill. <laughs> She's got to spill the tea instantly. <laughs> She's good to go. She loves it. And she and Joe is like, I don't care. It's none of my business. But she's she does care. She cares. She cares. She's concerned. She was just about to throw up in that moment. She she couldn't focus on anything else. <laughs> that night at the cabin, Michael dumps the poison into a glass of brandy. While Sydney's making trout in a little cast iron skillet. Ugh. And where'd they even get it? Where'd they get the trout from? I know they didn't catch it. They did not catch that trout. Give me a break. But they're camping or they're in a cabin, so they have to eat trout. Gotta. <laughs> and Michael's like, I poured you a brandy. And he has his own glass too. Mm. And she's like, Aren't you gonna make a toast? And he's like, Drink up, Sid. <laughs> Drink up, sit. And right as she's about to drink the brandy, she goes, oh, I know what the trout needs. And she dumps her entire glass of brandy onto the trout, which is frying on the stove, and it starts flambéing. It, it, it erupts in flames. And Michael grabs like a pitcher of water, and he dumps it. He's like, whoa, 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 and dumps it, dumps it on the flaming trout. And she's like, oh, well, now it's ruined. Just like grandma's dress. Just like... <laughs> Just like grandma's dress. And now Michael has to come up with a new way to murder Sydney. He wasted all his poison. Yeah. Well, also, what, why, when, what world was Brandy the missing ingredient in trout? <laughs> yeah, because she's complaining they don't have enough spices. Right. She's trying to season this trout and she's like, ooh, I know the perfect missing ingredient, Brandy, and dumps it on the trout. Like, why? <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, now she's steaming the skin. She's getting rid of all that crust she developed. You would make the sauce after you take the meat out. Yeah. The fish out. That's what you do. You deglaze the pan. Yeah. I'm sorry, but come on, Sydney. This is what I'm saying. Sydney doesn't know how to cook. No, and she certainly shouldn't be experimenting with trout. <laughs> Especially. Just do something easy like a trout almondine. Or trout can just be fucking cooked with lemon and whatever. And salt and, and butter or whatever. Like it doesn't Keep need it anything. Keep it simple, Sydney. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Then Sydney sniffs her empty glass like she's kind of suspicious. Yeah, but what's she smelling? <laughs> This this doesn't make sense. This is why it would have been helpful if we had gotten a little exposition about what kind of poison it was because if we had had one scene of Michael talking to himself, because he would talk to himself, yes. he would discuss his plan in the mirror. He would say, then I'm going to put the... It's odorless, it's colorless, and it, yes. does, it doesn't come up in a medical report. And then I'll be Sydney-less. Sydney-less. Yeah. Because well, it's like, if she can smell it, she can taste it. Also, right? Like, that's not even the biggest issue. The biggest issue would be that coming back in a toxicology report. Totally. So, why wouldn't he just be like, w- we get a little exposition, like, this poison doesn't come up in toxicology? Yeah. It looks just like a heart failure or whatever, which is also a dateline. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's a dateline episode, too. The next day, Joe is walking on the docks. At the Marina Lady, she's looking at the pretty lady boat, and she's having flashbacks of shooting Reed. Yeah. And Jake shows up, and she's pissed at him. She finally lets him know. She's like, I am mad that you're going to be working with this boat. Be working with this boat and keeping this boat in our lives. And he's like, hey, I'm sorry. I wasn't thinking. And... She's like, I've just been having so many issues right now. I'm haunted about my, my baby's haunted. Haunted by Reed. <laughs> the last thing I need is this fucking boat. Yeah. And I have to give Jake credit. He had a good comeback to that uh, where she's like, the boat is a reminder. And he's like, well, the kids are a reminder. <laughs> I was like, exactly. Why yeah. are you going to have the kid? That's going to be a constant fucking reminder. Yeah. And he's, he <laughs> says to her, he's like, well, you're going to have to tell him eventually. I killed your dad. 
<laughs> I killed your dad after he kidnapped me. No, the kid is because when he I, when she was talking about the boat being a reminder, I was thinking, well, the kid's the yeah, ultimate the kid. reminder. And then Jake fucking said it. I was like, thank you, Jake. Thank he, God you fucking said it. He did have her there. He got her there. I mean, I get it where she's coming from because she's not thinking that well, way. She's still wrong for doing this. Oh, totally. I totally. But it's like, yeah, you're never gonna forget this. Yeah. At the. Ca- at the cabin, the phone, the little red phone in their cabin rings, and it's Matt calling from a payphone. We don't. Matt is somewhere en route to the mountains, stopping at every little roadside stop <laughs> to make a payphone call <laughs> with his dimes. <laughs> Matt is so stressed out, and he tells Michael, "He's like, I can be there before nightfall. We have to talk." That's suspicious. And Michael does the, hello, Matt, what? I can't hear you. There must be a bad connection. Crumble, crumble, crumble. And he hangs up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's when Matt, Michael turns to Sydney. He's like, Sid, tonight we're going to go camping under the stars. I like when she says, I thought we were camping. (laughs) So I was like, that's how I would see it. Like we're in a cabin. That's camping. Yeah. Um, that night, Allison stops by Joe's, and Joe is having mania. Joe needs Ugh. to see a professional. Why is she not seeking help? Because in this moment, if I were Allison, I'd, I would just be like, you need to stop. She needs to not be doing anything I like what she's about to do, in my opinion. She, she just needs to fucking not. The only thing Joe needs to be doing right now is booking an appointment with a therapist and possibly getting on medication. Yeah. You've just gone through a traumatic event and you need to calm the fuck down. Like you, is, nothing is pressing right now that no. you need to be doing. And her plan is purely born out of this mania and this delusion she's under. Yeah. How is no one stopping her? So she's like, I, I'm having a breakthrough. Ne- never a good sign. No, when a manic person says that, <laughs> when they're on it, when they're on to something, they're, that's always bad. It's a bad sign. And she's like, I'm going to tell my kid the truth about his dad. <laughs> and then she has the bright idea. She's like, I just need some stuff. I I need some stuff to remember read by. So I want to go down to the records office. And get some shit. I wrote, don't do it, Joe. Don't. <laughs> Just don't. <laughs> Just don't do it. You do not need to do this. I didn't understand exactly what this office was because isn't Reed from the Bay Area? I didn't know. I was like, what is this record hall? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't even know this existed. Why would do it, I have records somewhere but, about me? Like, Why would it have his childhood trophy at this place? Why? Why would the childhood trophy even be in San Francisco? Like, do you no, know what I mean? Not, they're in LA. That's what I mean. Like, why wouldn't it be in San Francisco? No, even if they were oh, where well, he's yeah, from, yeah. it wouldn't, a childhood trophy would not be there. It would be at his parents' house. None of it makes sense. So she goes to this office where they're like, we have people, <laughs> we have records here. <laughs> And stuff and items. Yeah, more than just even records. <laughs> Maybe a random trinket. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Memorabilia from their life. It's so weird. Um, this is like an office you come up with in a dream. It's like from a Charlie Kaufman movie or something <laughs> where they're like, and now we can go in the memory files. Yes. And they're all physical objects in there. <laughs> <laughs> So she talks to this guy with a mullet, this guy, this poor guy. She goes with Allison, and she's like, I'm looking for uh, Reed's records, records, <laughs> his personal effects. That's what she says, his personal effects. Uh, and they want to find his grave where he's buried. And Joe, li- the guy's like, I'm sorry, but only family members can access this. She goes, oh, well, I'm his sister. And he's like, Really? Can I see some ID? And she shows, she just pulls out her ID and he's like, this says Joe Reynolds. His last name is Carter. And she's like, yeah, it's my married name. Duh. And then the guy's like, okay. And he walks away and Allison was like, fast thinking. (laughs) I can't believe. I can't believe 
Allison thought this was smart. She's like, wow, Joe, you're really in. She was so impressed. She was so impressed. That was quick. (laughs) I'm used to being around a complete dumbass 24-7. I've never seen a brain work so well. And so the guy just gives up the items, these personal items. Oh, because Allison's also flirting with him. Uh, like she, I didn't even notice this, Yeah, that. she's like, "Do you think you could do it for us?" <laughs> like, and he's charmed by. It. I was like, "This would be the type of guy who falls for Alice." <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, uh, "It's just, uh, it's like an ID. It's like reads I like driver's license or something, and a storage locker key in Lompoc, and he gives them the key to the storage locker and the address." But then she also has a trophy of his. I just... I don't know. What is she going to do with this stuff? Give it to the kid one day? And here's your dad's license. (laughs) Here's your dad's trophy. (laughs) She's like, I don't even have a picture of him. Ugh. I would honestly, if I were her, never tell him who his dad was. I wouldn't either... Or if the kid wanted to see a picture of the dad so badly, I'd be like, why don't you Google him? He'll, his mugshot will come up. Honestly, you're better off saying, I did a lot of one-night stands, and I have no idea. <laughs> That's like better than the truth. <laughs> That's way better than the I truth. I mean, why not just do that? I'm sorry. I mean, I think, I think when the kid's older, maybe he has a right to know, but... I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think the kid has a right to know. <laughs> not when he's little, but maybe when he's like an adult, you can tell him. But don't you think that will damage his psyche more than it's worth? I don't know. Joe didn't think this through. I just think like, I don't know. Joe needs counseling. Yeah. Or she needs to not have put herself in this situation. There's a way to do this. We're obviously not uh, marriage and family therapists. But there's a, I'm sure there's a way to do this, and Joe is not equipped to figure figure it out by herself. No, going down to to the records office in a in a fit of mania. Yeah. Also, like you said, there's no pressing there's no pressing reason to do this immediately. Yeah, like she doesn't need to do this right now. The kid won't be asking questions for many years. Right. <laughs> You just push, kick that can down the road. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Sydney and Michael are camping. They have a, built a fire. And Sydney is like, you know, Michael, we were always meant to be together. It's our destiny. We're <laughs> both two utter fuck-ups. And he's like, if you say so. And she's like, did I ever tell you <laughs> I had my first sexual fantasy ever about you? I like how he perks up a little for this info. "Hmm, hmm, Maybe I will listen to this one. (laughs) Let's hear about this. And so she begins to tell him about how she caught, she spied on him and Jane making out when they were teenagers. She says necking. She says necking. (laughs) Which is like, come on. And she's like, you had your hand on her breast. And I was imagining (laughs) it was your hand on my breast. And I was turned on. I was turned on. I don't on. know why it's gross thinking of me, thinking of Michael putting his hand, his teenage hand on Jane's tit. Ew. <laughs> Just like she probably was like, no, Michael. <laughs> he was still doing it. <laughs> Come on, Jane. Come on, Jane. This is our third date. <laughs> Come on, you don't think I've seen a breast before? I'm, I'm going to be, <laughs> be a doctor. I'm going to be a pussy doctor. And she's like, deep down, I know you really love me, Michael. And he says, you think someone like me knows what love is? The truest thing he's ever said. (laughs) And then he's like, go to bed, Sid. And she's like, ridge tomorrow? (laughs) Yeah, she's like, he's like, we're hiking the ridge tomorrow. (laughs) And so we know that sounds steep. Yeah, I don't don't want to go on a ridge with Michael. (laughs) At Melrose Place, Joe is sitting by the pool when Jake arrives. And he's like, guess what? I made a deal with the boat guy. Yeah. And Amanda's like eavesdropping. She's watching this whole conversation (laughs) go down. And he's like, but I won't sign the papers until I get your okay. Like way to put the pressure on. Yeah. This is a woman in crisis, Jake. No. 
She's at the records office. <laughs> so Jake is like, Joe, I think you're incredibly strong. And he's holding her hand as Amanda's watching from her upstairs window. And then Jake goes upstairs to Amanda's apartment and she opens the door and he wants to celebrate on this boat deal. He's got his like champagne, his cheap champagne. He's got his cheap champagne. And Amanda says, I'm sure Joe was thrilled and then slams the door in his face. It was, that was funny because Jake is really cheerful. He's very cheerful about it. He's like, hey, let's celebrate. And she's like, I'm sure Joe was thrilled. Slam. The next morning, Allison is at Jane's apartment looking at wedding dress sketches because Jane is designing Mm. a wedding dress for Allison. Yeah. And Allison's complaining about how Billy isn't being very romantic. And she actually just wants like a traditional romantic wedding. Yeah, she can't get Billy interested. He's not into planning the wedding at all. She's like, I have to cattle prod him. Yeah. I was like, you probably have to cattle prod Billy for anything. Anything. Take out the garbage. (laughs) He he needs to be reminded (laughs) with electricity, with heat. (laughs) Heat and electricity. At the cabin, we're at the cabin and Matt is there, but Michael and Sydney are camping, so they're not there. And Matt is freaking out and he's talking to to the sheriff. Oh, Matt. (laughs) He's got the police involved and he's trying to convince the sheriff that Sydney is in trouble. And, and the, the sheriff is so mean to Matt. He's never seen an episode of Dateline 2020. No. Any of those shows. No. This, <laughs> he's like, you mean the show my wife watches? <laughs> yeah. I don't watch that Wife's garbage. in danger. Why? She's with her husband. <laughs> <laughs> She's with her husband. <sighs> and so <laughs> that is kind of what he says. They're on their honeymoon. Nothing and, bad ever happens on the honeymoon. It's like, you don't understand. This is a twisted situation. <laughs> Imagine trying to explain it. Yeah, he's like, I can't explain two seasons of this guy right now to you. This is his sister-in-law. <laughs> right. This is his former sister-in-law. This is his third marriage, almost. Yeah. He almost married this other woman, but he killed her in a drunk driving and accident. I helped him cover it up. <laughs> like, <laughs> Please disregard that. You got to help us. And this guy's like, boy, I swear to God, if you're yanking my chain. <laughs> and then he, he's like, if, there, if, there's, if she's not dead, it's your ass and your bill. Like he's gonna charge me. Like the minute he's like, "You're paying," I'm like, "Okay, well, maybe we don't have to look that hard." This is also so cop where he's like, "We don't care unless she's dead." Yeah, no, it's crazy. Um, he's like, "Fine, I'll put together a sheriff, a, a squad." Yeah, we'll go do a little search party at D and D. We get a brief <laughs> quick moment. This is great. This was such good fucking character development here. Oh my god, we see. Amanda berating some of her subordinates. (laughs) (laughs) She's standing over these poor, terrified workers. And she's like, this is too small. What's this? She's just like, I don't even know what she's looking at. She's like, this font, what size is this? Yeah. (laughs) What are you doing? And she's... I almost feel like that's Jake's version of what her job is. Yes. Yeah, because we see Jake enter D&D, and it is a rare occasion when Jake enters D&D. Oh, it's shocking. He does not belong there. He sticks out even more than Billy. At least Billy comes in wearing a suit. Maybe he's like a delivery guy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, Jake does not belong at D&D. No. And his voice is too loud almost immediately. And it is just... I... I I was in Amanda's shoes. I was when Jake, Jake walked in because I was like, "Can you not right now?" <laughs> <laughs> if you saw this, I mean, it would be alarming if you saw a guy like Jake walk into D and D because you know shit's going down <laughs> too. Because why is Jake there? And Amanda and he's like, "Hey, Amanda, I want to talk to you." And she's like, "Not now, Jake." And she starts walking away, and Jake goes, "Hey." It's so loud. I wrote, oh, shit. Because <laughs> Amanda's face. Well, it's a record scratch moment because the whole office turns around 
And you can hear a pin drop. Well, this must be the most exciting <laughs> thing ever to happen at D&D in a while. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like seeing Amanda be talked to that way, first <laughs> of all. It's the dream of every employee to see their boss like ripped to shreds <laughs> or treated like that. Specifically Amanda. Oh, also, God. this must have been gossip between her subordinates for months. Oh, totally. I mean, they must have been vibrating to be like, oh my God. I'm like, just speculating, like, what do you think happened? And like, who She's is that? so hot. He's so hot. <laughs> like, do you think she like, like f- cheated on him? Like, what happened? What's yeah. the tea? Oh, yeah. Um, we need, Stacy says she has some tea about the Amanda <laughs> yeah. situation. Oh my God. Let's meet in the break room. Like, yeah. just totally. It was their like Vanderpump scandal. Um, <laughs> and she's like, leave now. And he's, just keep shouting. He's like, why? He has no qualms. He's like, doesn't have any embarrassment in this moment. And that's what's so funny about it. Yeah. And he doesn't know anyone here. He does not care. I don't even think Allison's there. No, he's just yelling in a place of business <laughs> as if it doesn't matter. He starts yelling about, he goes, I'm not going to be your boy toy, Amanda. <laughs> what a the, over the, the edge. Me and the gay guy me, in the office almost fainted. Yeah. <laughs> we, we were like holding oh, each me other. Too. I would, yeah, I would have been in the back with the office gay, holding on to each other, like boy toy, boy toy, <laughs> fucking screaming in the back. Um, <laughs> and she goes, my office now, and then. And she, I knew at that moment, I was like, oh, she's horny. <laughs> this was such a hot scene. And this was so quintessentially Melrose Place. I started clapping. Yes. Because she pulls him into her office. She shuts and locks the door. And then they start fucking on her desk. I know. It's hot. Jake is so hot in this moment. He stood up to her. Ugh. And she is fucking lit up. Mm. Her pussy is on fire. Her pussy is on fire. At... The cemetery. Joe's walking. <laughs> we have to. Why can't we have ten more minutes of them on the desk? This scene was so boring. Joe is walking around the cemetery in her gothy outfit, and she visits Reed's sad, unmarked grave. It's like six four one seven. It's just it's just, just a number. serial number. And zombie Reed is behind her, talking to her, giving her a pep talk. I love when he's like, you know, they only buried me four feet under instead of six. And I was like, we all know it's six feet under. We didn't need the little explainer. <laughs> like just saying four feet under would have been enough. Also, I love that this whole, that whole little moment where he's talking about the difference between how he's buried four feet under and what it means and stuff is, is the writers like really trying to do something here. Yeah. Let's give this scene a little, Zhuzh. Yeah. Let's make it a little it's witty. It's a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> um, they have this whole little, she starts talking to him all, like she's talking back to him. This is her therapy. This is sick. <laughs> and she's like, he's like, you know, stop beating yourself up, Joe. You had to kill me. I was going to kill you. <laughs> It's just like so weird. Yeah. Like this is instead of going to therapy, this is how Joe um, heals from the situation. And she has a conversation with the guy who almost killed her. Imaginary conversation. And that, yeah. <laughs> and imagine. Yeah. And Reed is like, I was the bad guy, but I need you to forgive me. And she's crying. Well, and he, he like absolves her, which is like crazy. And then she forgives him for what? Why is she forgiving him? (laughs) I don't think she needs to do that. No, she needs a professional. Yes. Sydney and Michael are out on their hike, hiking this ridge. They're on top of a mountain and Sydney is wearing pleated pants. She's, she's like in her CP shades. Yes. Desi, you did not. Desi, you did not just pull CP shades. You did not just pull CP shades out of your ass right now. It is CP shades. First of all, I'm traumatized by CP shades by the amount of times I had to go into that store with my mother. Yes. I've been to that store. I I used to make fun of my mom so much when we would have to go to CP shades. 
Because I was like, it's all linen in here, mom. It's fucking It's all linen. linen. It's all linen. Oh, my God. Uh, she fucking loved that store back then. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Does that still exist? Does CP Shade still... Please tell me it still exists. <laughs> I went to it in only, the 2000s, but I don't, yeah. it might well, not I still it, be around. Oh, it's still around. It's still around. It's a it's a San Francisco Bay Area based company, but it went national. <laughs> it did, but they had this one store in Mill Valley. Yes. I remember <laughs> at Strawberry. I do you remember there was like an Indian rap place across the street? I loved that place. That place was so good. <laughs> I always went no. There. I I went there and I was just kind of like I couldn't believe that I was at the <laughs> flagship. <laughs> <laughs> store. Like I didn't wear that stuff, but I, I tried to find something because it was like, look, and this is like all forty percent off, right? So I got this sheer black. Well, when you're in Mill Valley, I'm sure there's moments where a woman is like, should I? I think I just bought it because it was like, but it was like the least CP shades looking thing ever. It was like a sheer black witch skirt. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't even think I ever wore it. I just bought it. Like, yeah. But yeah. No, everything at the store was linen. It's linen. It's very pastels but like whatever the darker but level up from pastel is it like, was it was like earth tones and like um it was like nature color so mm-hmm. it would be like pale blue like like a sea glass or a whatever sea glass. Yeah, it was like that kind it, of color it wasn't scheme. bright nothing was bright it was muted tones yes but then like crisp white linen and a cruise but the linen was was stiff yes, to me it was stiff I, that's what I didn't like about it. It was kind of um, structured. Almost. Yes, and it wasn't like flowy. It was crispy. <laughs> it was crispy. <laughs> it was, but it was expensive. Oh, it's expensive. It was ex- linen is expensive. Yeah, I just remember it being sort of like, oh god, this is what like some a gallerist in Mill Valley where they right. shop. It was kind of like the precursor to Eileen Fisher. Well, which Eileen- is nicer to me. Eileen Fisher was like a little less artistic, maybe. I think it was a little more chic because the color schemes were more my aesthetic. Like, like it was like darker colors, so it was more New York seeming. Yeah. So it all just was like yeah. mom. It was yeah. all just mom to me. Um, no shade to the moms out there. It just will always I just will always be synonymous with like wait, was it in downtown Mill Valley or Strawberry? The one I went to was Mill Valley. Then that must have been. Because if you're talking about the Indian rap place, that's down to Mill Valley. What was that place called? It was good. I ate there all the time. That was my favorite thing about that, going to CP Shades. (laughs) We got that Indian food. I don't remember what it was called. But it was like you could get a wrap with the green chutney, that spicier mint chutney. I remember, I'm like having like a flashback of that. It, they were huge burritos. Yes. They were giant, and they, but they the fillings inside of them was Indian. Right. It was like a Indian, so you could get like chicken tikka. It would be in a wrap that was like Indian style. It was like, like bread. Fla- yeah. Like a flatbread. And then I remember getting that. But not, that but it had was the thin. Rate. It was, it like was a, thin. It was like it a was tortilla. It was thin like a burrito, but it was slightly different texture. Uh, yeah, like a it roti. roti or it was something. like a roti. But the, I remember they had the spicy green chutney on mm. it, and it was so good. Like I've thought about that sandwich. I was like, I need to recreate that wrap because I loved it. Anyway, where were we? <laughs> Sydney, Sydney, Sydney's wearing uh, pleated khaki pants with a vest and like a pastel vest and a blousey, like a gauzy shirt and a scarf. Like a it's little, kind of safari, but it's like pastel. But pastel, it's like safari chic. She's, it's. I think she's going for that. Like she thinks that's camping. But then she's also wearing a little hat. Like yes. she's Debbie Gibson. Yes, <laughs> she's but got a look. Well, wait a minute. Just kidding. The hat is a khaki hat. It's like a little bucket hat with the flip where it flips up. Yes, like a blossom hat. Totally. Um. This I have a picture of this. This is this is quite a look that Sydney's wearing, and they are on this rocky, rocky cliff, and with no railing, with no here. <laughs> they're on this hike, and Michael gets behind her as she's standing at the edge of the cliff, and he's about to push her. We get like a real close up of him grabbing her shoulders. Yeah, 
And he stops himself and she turns around and she says, I knew you couldn't do it. And he goes, do what? And she's like, that's, that's not my Michael. You're no, I, you're no murderer. I laughed when she said, I knew you couldn't do it. Cause I was like, you are sick. All this time you knew he was trying to kill you and you just had this like leap of faith with it. Yeah. Like that is sick girl. She's so sick. And she's like, time heals all wounds. You'll love me again someday. Which is great because he never loved her he in the first place. He never loved her. And then she hugs him. Meanwhile, Matt is <laughs> at the bottom of the mountain. Still yelling. Yelling at the sheriffs. He's like, I want a chopper. <laughs> Matt's getting a big bill. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you send a helicopter up there. And there, he's like, there's 500 miles of trails. Yeah. We can't search it. We're doing our best. And then Michael rolls up and Matt just blurts out, you did it. You killed her. And he's like, what are you talking about, Matt? (laughs) (laughs) Michael. Because he walks up, he's by himself. Right. So it's like, of course, like we know. We know. And then the sheriff goes, where's your wife, doctor? And Michael goes, what wife? You mean my current wife? (laughs) And Sydney sashays in, and the sheriff's like, "Aha! Well, you look, Mister Fielding, you're getting billed for this whole <laughs> endeavor." Poor Matt. How well, is he supposed to pay for this? He can't afford this on his salary. I'm serious. Like this is he should have been like, "This is your job." Yeah. Why this don't you is, take it up with the taxpayers? Yeah. This is what we pay taxes for. <laughs> yeah. You dipshit. So then, Matt is pissed. Matt's almost more pissed that Sydney's alive. Oh, I mean, he's just so mad. He's mad because he's wasted his whole day off. Yeah. And his sick day. And Sydney's like, wow, Matt, gee, Matt, you look kind of stressed. Why don't you come inside? You yeah. should just take the cabin over for the rest of the week. Yeah. Why don't you relax? Take a couple <laughs> days off work. Uh, and Michael sits on the steps as Sydney and Matt go inside the cabin. And Michael just smirks. He's just like, hmm. How can I use this to my advantage? (laughs) Allison returns home with two huge bags of groceries. And this is 94. Mm. So this is before paper bag groceries had handles on them. Yeah. Do you you remember those days? You had to carry them in your arms like a fucking child (laughs) (laughs) on your hip. (laughs) I remember not too long ago, my grocery store ran out of those handled bags and they're like, we only have these like old, old school ones. And I was like, what, what is this? The 1800s? How am I supposed to carry these? That's how I feel when like the handle breaks. Yeah. I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I guess I could carry it the way we used to. Because I forgot about that. Like we didn't think that was like a relatively new invention. Oh, totally. That was like 15 years ago. And even when they first started, not every place had them. How did it take so long for them to make paper bags? Also, it's not that like genius. (laughs) It's literally just glued on. Why did it take that long? (laughs) Why? Why did it take that long? So Allison is struggling. These are two very overstuffed bags. Meanwhile, I was so furious during this scene because Billy is sitting on his ass on the couch, stuffing his face with popcorn and watching the game. He doesn't even get up to help her with these grocery bags. I like when Allison was like, is this an overtime? And he's like, no. <laughs> she turns it off. And she's like, like, what quarter is it? He's like, yeah. it's the first quarter. And she turns off his game. She's like, Billy, we need to talk. You haven't shown any interest at all in the wedding. And he goes, well, I don't know anything about weddings. And she's like, I want you to be more romantic. And he's like, well, I'm trying. I mean, you're with Billy, Allison. <laughs> he did his one big romantic gesture. He took you to that old old person restaurant downtown. He, you're asking for romance from a guy who bought you a piece of junk <laughs> for your engagement ring. <laughs> and then Allison says, well, I have a, a great idea. I don't think we should have sex until we're married. That'll really put the fire under your ass. She also accused him of hogging all the mooshu. Oh, right. Yeah, she said <laughs> that was very important to yeah, me. Yeah, that was. Yeah, she said. And the other night we had Chinese food, and you ate all the mooshu. You hogged it all. <laughs> I just picture him 
fucking scooping, yeah. not even using the pancakes. No, no. Just pulling it into his mouth with Ugh. the chopsticks. Like, it's like you didn't even want to eat it. Yeah. After watching that. Yeah. Mm. I haven't had Mushu in a while. I don't see it on enough menus. I get it. I always get it. Oh, you have it at your place. Because my place is an old school, traditional takeout. Yeah. I don't get it every time, but every once in a while, I'm like, hmm, I'm going to get that mushu. Mm. I like it. It's from my, it was like one of the first Chinese food dishes I had as a kid. I love mushu pork. I was obsessed with it. Anyway, Billy's obsessed. He's like, our wedding's not two months. <sighs> I love that she's not giving him sex. She probably wanted to do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> she's using this excuse. I'm tired. <laughs> At Jane's, Matt stops by and he has to tell her something. Matt needs to get something off his chest. And finally. And who is the perfect person to tell? The only other person in the building who hates Michael as much as he does, <laughs> Jane. See, Matt knows how to tell secrets to the right people. He's like <laughs> so strategic. And he says, Look, Jane, there are reasons that Michael married Sydney. She's blackmailing him. This isn't about love or getting back at you. Like, she forced him. The funny thing is, like, he starts the conversation off, like you said, there are reasons. <laughs> and I thought he was just going to be cryptic. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he's no, he's going to tell her exactly what happened. Good. I don't feel like having this dragged out. No. And so he confesses about what they did, about the blood alcohol records being changed, about... Uh, how Sydney found out, and now she's blackmailing Michael and forced him to marry her. And Jane is shook. And then Matt continues. He's like, "Oh, and I went to the mountains and I tracked them down because I was convinced that Michael tried to kill Sydney." Yeah. And Jane just goes, "God, this never ends." <laughs> and I love how hearing all this information is like, "Yep, makes sense." Yeah. Perfectly. Yeah, of course he went up to kill her. Yeah, she's not even really surprised. She's just disgusted even more. She's like, I couldn't think he could sink lower. Yeah. Mm. And then Michael, Matt is like, I think I'm going to go to the cops. And Jane's like, don't. There's another way to handle it. (laughs) And I got excited because I love evil Jane. Mm. When she has her moment, she actually is quite good at it. I was so happy for her in this moment. And this was such a great ending scene. Yes. Because we love to see Jane win. Yeah, we love seeing her win. At the beach house, Sydney's trying to get fucked, and Michael doesn't want to have sex with her. I like that we're just getting this little incidental scene for Jane to walk in on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Jane shows up out of the blue, and she says, oh, did I come at a bad time? (laughs) And she says, here, I have a wedding gift for you. And she hands them a file. And she says, go ahead, open it. I can't wait to see your faces. Yeah. And doesn't Sydney say, like, don't don't open it. We're not going to open it now. Yeah. She she knows. She knows. And Michael's like, give me that. And he opens it. And he's like, what is this? And she's like, it's a signed confession from Matt implicating Michael in the murder of Kimberly Shaw. And he's like, what do you want? (laughs) I like that he's not even like that shocked that she found out. He's just like, well, he's he already won't. moving on. He's like, he's cut like, to the chase. To the chase. <laughs> so like, I can start planning my revenge. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, she's like, I want, she says, I want you to stay out of my life forever. And I want you two to stay together forever. <laughs> if I find out that you ever get divorced or separated, I go to the police. <laughs> and she leaves and shuts the door. And as she's walking out, she sees, she watches Michael and Sydney start screaming at each other. Michael's like, What did you? You what did this. You, you did this. You did this. He's kicking and like he's doing something violent not to sydney but yeah, just he's like, like kicking a chair he's like you did this i was laughing so hard thinking of thomas calabro <laughs> improving this <laughs> and jane for once we end on a jane smile instead of a oh. michael smile so it's a good it's good to see jane smile she has owned them what a perfect blackmail that they have to stay married yeah it's great 
It's so funny. It is devious. <laughs> it is devious. Devious. It is. I'm so happy for Jane in this moment. Yeah. I no, love she, that she got no, to witness that embarrassing fight that they were having. Oh, they don't even wait till she's like <laughs> out of the, She's barely out of the door and they immediately start exploding at each other in anger. <laughs> yeah. It's like, play it cool. You got to you know play how this works? it cool. No. Uh, she's like, got him. And she's so right. Matt would have blown all of this fun yeah. if he just went to the authorities. That would not have been as fun as this. Because it's not Sydney who has any, is who has it over Michael anymore. It's Jane. Also, Sydney would not go to be punished for what Michael did. Yeah. So that would only get Michael. This gets them both, I think, in a way. Yes. Yes. Uh, so it is genius. Anyway, I can't wait for next week. It's There's a lot of great episodes coming up. Mm. So excited. We will be back then. See you later. Bye. Bye. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. WarbyParker.com slash covered. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.